Welcome to Talk About. On Talk About, our goal is to sit down with open-minded people for open and honest discussion. No judgment, no hidden agenda, just getting the conversation started. This week we're joined by co-owner of Power Yoga Oshawa and co-founder of Breathwork Healing, Kelly Nightingale. A true inspiration, Kelly shares a few life-changing practices that she believes has altered the course of her life and hopes to encourage others through what she's learned. Sit back and enjoy the show. You do have a drink handy there? I have a couple. I have tea and I have water. Oh, I like it. I went straight with water. So uh, why don't we pick up, <laughs> you pick up whichever one you want and let's uh, a virtual oh, cheers my, just my to water. start. Yeah, there you cheers. go. Cheers. So we're off and running joined by Kelly. So thank you very much, Kelly, for sitting down with me. Um, you are the first health and wellness practitioner that I'm having on the show. And I'm really excited about this because when we were talking in our intro meeting, your journey starts in a very interesting point in life. When I've talked to a lot of yoga instructors or meditation practitioners or, or you know, these types of individuals, it seems like it was a life vocation to them. But for you, you started out a little bit differently. So that's where I want to start is the intriguing aspects of your, the start of your journey that ended up with you being a co-owner for Power Yoga Oshawa. So you have the floor. <laughs> let's let's uh, start where, you, where you, you jumped off and, and where you were before you even got into the health and wellness field. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, for having me. Um, this is super fun to chat with you. So I'm excited to see how this chat goes and just to um, be able to share really what I've been through and how I've, like you said, kind of tapped from a totally different universe into this whole health and wellness area of my life. So thank you. Uh, for me, it, it was interesting because I, um, most of my life I spent like focusing on, or my earlier, I should say 20s, focusing on work and building my career as a lot of us do you know you go to school and you come in and you're like I think they ask you at like what is it 12 years old and then 15 and then 16 and at, at 17 or 18 they're like what do you want to do for the rest of your life and it's like such a daunting question but I kind of took that and and went into um you know what I thought I wanted to do and I, I really ended up in the events world in a corporate job for many, many years. Um, I think I was in my one job for 13 years uh, and I loved it and I was good at it, but there was something really missing for me. And it wasn't until, I think it was kind of like closer to the end of my corporate life, I'll call it corporate career, where I started doing yoga and in my yoga, um, the studio I went to was Power Yoga uh, Canada. It was not my location, obviously. It was a different location around Toronto. And this program really was a catalyst for me kind of diving into like inquiry about how I was showing up in my life. And um, I remember one of the journal questions that I had was like, what areas do you put 100% into in your life? Is it your relationships, your family, your work? And for me, it was really my work. I was putting everything into my work and none of my relationships were really thriving. So that kind of had me be like, oh, okay, this is so interesting. You know, when you dive in and look at yourself for the first time, really, for me, it was really interesting to see that. 
And from there, I think I had even just ended a relationship um, right before that. And I was like, okay, I kind of see why things aren't working in that area of my life and why work is actually working really well. And I was realizing that work really wasn't fulfilling me in ways that I wanted to be fulfilled. And one of the ways was just connection with humans, which um, I, I've learned later, but at that time, I didn't fully understand what connection really meant to people. So from there, from that, that kind of cat, like was, was the catalyst, I would say. And um, after that, I started doing more yoga and I quickly went and did a yoga teacher training with Power Yoga Canada and met my now business um, partner at Power Yoga Canada, Oshawa. And I really just started diving in more and more and more where I started to actually feel like I wasn't fitting at my job mm. and, and, and yoga and wellness and this transformational work that I was diving into really was what I wanted to be doing. And I tried to marry the two a little bit where I, I was thinking, okay, well, why don't I just bring in what I'm learning into a corporate workplace? And it worked a little bit. Eventually it took me a while to kind of marry the two a little bit, but it worked eventually. And, um, but it still didn't feel authentic to me. I still felt like I was kind of like plugging away, working really hard at something I was really good at in the wrong area of my life, um, doing the wrong thing. So eventually I <laughs> pulled up my big girl pants and <laughs> decided to leave that job. Um, I think it was we had opened up our studio, our, our Power Kenna Oshawa about, I think two years before that occurred. So I was doing double duty. And then I just kind of thought, I just got to leave this. And it just more and more wasn't fitting, dove into just teaching yoga. Yeah. And I started to feel connection with people. And my business partner even said, like, now we laugh about it because she describes me back then when I was working corporate as like having cement walls up. It was just like these walls were up and um, I was, you know, I would walk into our yoga studio focused on like all the tasks that I had to do. And that was all, that was my like tunnel vision. And what I was missing out on was creating relationships with all the people that were around me, walking into the studio and sharing myself and listening to them really generously and just being fully present with people. So that started to that awareness kind of helped bring down those cement walls. And then they got a little thinner and a little thinner. Eventually, you know, one dropped and then I was able to just really be in connection. And that to me was what life was all about. It is what life for me is all about. Yeah. I remember hearing, um, I think it was a podcast or a Ted talk. It was probably a Ted talk that I watched about the studies of human connection and just how at the end connection is really all that matters you know? And so I truly believe that now. And, and it took me a while to get there, but that's kind of how I started my journey, I would say. And then from there, there's been a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, where, and we're going to get into that other stuff because there was a couple of, a couple of stories that you had shared about, you know, being exposed to different modes of practice that, that I find interesting. But before we get there, what I'm curious about is when you're straddling both of these worlds, the corporate world and the health and wellness world, how long were you doing that for? Yeah, I was pretty much doing that for three years. Wow. So that, yeah, for me, that was about 2012 when we opened till 2015 when I left my 
corporate job, which was actually a very busy job. If anyone that is listening to this is in the events world, it's 24 seven, no sleep. Like it's full on all the time. But my business partner was so supportive in my transition. So without her, I don't even think I would have been able to do both, but having that support and she was full-time into the yoga studio and having that support was really instrumental for me at that time. I love the fact that you're, you're talking about ownership in a lot of ways. You, you were discussing that you were in a relationship, you know, before finding yoga and that that ended and you were starting to see different things and, and going through different transformations, of course, and looking back, you can always spot different things and hopefully maybe a little bit more of an evolved or open uh, perspective. And it sounds as though you're not looking back at that point and saying, oh, this relationship didn't work because this person or this job didn't work because of that person. It sounds like there's a lot of ownership that you take in, in even getting to this point. Um, do you think that the ownership aspect of of looking back and kind of evaluating your life, how important do you think that that is in in getting to a point where you can open yourself up and be somebody who can contribute to a healthy relationship in any way, shape or form. Honestly, Chris, I think it's like huge. I do think it's a big part. I, I mean, people always say there's a saying, I think out there, like you can't change someone, especially when you are in a partnership. Um, like you can't change that person. And it really, I, I think it is and isn't true. I think that you can be a leader in showing up in your life, how you want to show up and people would be a, attracted to that and they'll follow that and they'll learn from that. But I, I believe that everything and how I feel can always come back to me. And there's always, you know, something that's, I should say, I guess, something from my past, maybe possibly that is not allowing me to just feel ease with what is happening in my, in my life at that time. So yeah, taking ownership of where I was in my relationships for me really was just accepting that, like how I showed up or didn't show up. Um, in some cases in my past, I've, I've now apologized to people just for not sharing how I felt more to them. Cause at that time, one of my walls was not sharing love. So I, I kind of reconcile that with myself and I, it just feels good. There's no blame. There's no, I can, I can reconcile with myself and then just move forward from there. So, yeah, I think it's super important. Past is something we talked about before, and I didn't know when this was going to come up, but now is the perfect time. <laughs> so one of the things I had shared with you after you shared with me your thoughts on, on the past was that one of the things that I'm struggling right now and in diving into um, doing things in a meditative way, a self-aware way, you know, all, all the different aspects that are out there right now is I can only go back so far in my past before I don't understand the rest of it. And what I'm referring to is past lives, um, you know, in, in the womb memories, past lives, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And what you had said to me when we talked was you believe in all of it. Like you, you're just, you're, you're in, you're in 100%. And I think that that's fascinating because it's something I don't understand. And I kind of want to, not that I'm going to fully get it, but I want to explore it more and see if there is a different shift in my perspective, perspective I can take. When you say you look into your past, how do you reconcile that you have a feeling or you have a memory of something, a lifetime that people would look at you and say, Kelly, there's no way you lived that. How do you 
How do you reconcile that in your own mind? Not try to convince people, but in your own mind, how do you reconcile that? Acceptance, mm. really? Yeah, I, I think, and you said you might not un- all fully understand this, like past lives and all of that. I don't know if I fully understand it. I really don't. I think it's just a trust and believing that this is what I think happens. And for me, I do believe that there are things that happen in our current lives that affect our days now that we know about and things that we don't know about or don't have in our conscious memory. I also believe that there's things that happen ancestrally that you can get passed on when you're in your mother's womb. And I do believe also in past lives, like you said, like that things can happen in lives from 500 years ago that still to this day, you know, affect you. In fact, you know, and for, I should say, in fact, affect me. And um, yeah, for me, healing today is really about healing yesterday and the day before and the day before. And acceptance really is the way it's like knowing, having an understanding of what happened, just accepting it, not need to fix anything, not needing to blame anyone, not needing to regret anything or go back, but just accepting. I recently had a session with one of my energy healers and he, I had went in and I was like, I want to deal with anger. Let's talk about anger because anger for me shows up in my relationships now. And he dove into my past, a memory that was suppressed from when I was 28 years old. And it's funny how the body works because the body knows there's a book called the body keeps the score. It's such a great book, but the body knows. And so you get these visceral responses of, for me at the time, he was like, okay, you're 28 years old. This is around the month. So you were in this year. And I, I, I go back in my brain. Okay. What, where was I at 28? What was I doing? What was I doing around this time in these months? And then I just start crying. It's like your body, my body had this visceral response where I just start crying and this emotion is released because this memory is there. And now I'm connecting it back to today, you know, like I'm connecting it. It's coming up for me. I'm remembering it. I hadn't thought about it. I didn't even really know how I felt about it in that time, but now I was realizing that I was really angry. And what I discovered wasn't that I was angry at anyone. I was actually angry at myself. And it was for, it was for not standing up for myself. And um, in that moment with my doctor, I could accept that, you know, and kind of put that, forgive myself and just put that to rest. And and then anger just doesn't show up as much now, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, that's one of the, of my modalities and ways that I've, I've learned to heal myself is just by. Um, different healers and and an energy healer for me is one that really helps with getting into past life. And I could tell you all the crazy things. Like I've gone back to like my past life of year 500 or the 500s. It's crazy, but I believe it. And I think similar to when people believe in um, a religion, you just, you, you don't know everything, but you believe it and mm-hmm. you trust that what happened is true. And yeah, um, yeah I trust this. Part of what you're talking about is definitely faith, right? When, you, when you're discussing this and when you're sharing this, that's what I'm thinking is faith, um, you know, acceptance is, is a word that I've really uh, grown to love. I, I think that acceptance is pretty much the only thing right now that you can 
in body, you can put it in your mind. And if you can utilize it at different points in time, then maybe there won't be those opportunities that you're living with regret, or you're living with not understanding where certain feelings come from. Uh, a lot of the conversations that I have is just is exa exactly that, you know, um, we're not perfect. We're nowhere near perfect as a species. And I think anybody that claims that we are, that we have to have a conversation. <laughs> but if you can accept that we are going to make mistakes and we're not going to know all the right things to do at that give, at any given time, then I think that that's going to go a long way in, in adding that peace of mind to you. And one of the other things that really jumps out to me as you're talking is you mentioned your energy healer. And part of the challenge that I find that I have sometimes is compartmentalizing. You know, you have an, an angry feeling. Well, I don't think you can walk through life every day and feel your feelings and dig down on them at every given at every given moment. I don't think we can function in society, not the way our society is set up. Yeah. But having an opportunity to work with people who will focus and sit down and give you that time and attention, that seems to be unbelievably valuable. So I'm looking at this as, you know, compartmentalizing can almost be attached to the modalities that you decide to approach your, your feelings with, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's what kind of comes back to the change that you've decided to make in your life, which first of all, I have to say that one is, is, is one of the most intriguing things that I find with you because you're not doing this. And I know that you're supposed to be delicate when talking to people about age and stuff like that. But let's, let's just be honest with you, you started in this field at, at an advanced age for what people do, right? People are usually jumping into this in their 20s, or even before that, and they're doing all of this stuff. But you started down this path, you know, later into your career. So therefore, you're obviously later into life. Um, we talked a lot about never too late to change. I mean, you did a 180, you went from the corporate field to opening up, you know, with, with your partner, a health and wellness field. And, and how long has uh, power yoga Oshawa been in operation now? Almost 10 years, 10 years. So 10 yeah. years ago was probably like the kickoff of mainstream stuff, but it still wasn't like it is now. If you say to somebody, now you do yoga, even as a guy, they're like, yeah, yeah, cool. That's yoga, whatever. That's fine. But 10 yeah. years ago, it wasn't as widely accepted. So I mean, what do you say to somebody who is, is dissatisfied with their life right now and, and wants to change? And they're like, I just can't do it. I've already put 10 years into my career. You know, I want to start a family or I have a family and you're sitting there and going, what, what's your answer to that? <laughs> it's never too late. It honestly, it sounds so cliche, but it honestly is never too late. And um, I'm still doing a lot of work on myself and um it depends on what you want out of life and i mean sometimes we look at life and we think oh we're in our 30s or 40s like we're so far down this this path however life sometimes is just beginning at that point you know we've we go through all these big learning stages and i think we start to really discover like who we are authentically with all of the layers later in life and maybe for some people, it does start earlier, like you're saying, but for me, it definitely started later and I wouldn't change it at all. I, you know what? I will say that my job, my corporate job that I had that I, I say that I was good at, it was that it kept me actually in a healthy place with my ego. 
because my ego was like, okay, I can do this and I'm really good at this. This is what I should be doing. That was, that for me is not authentic because yeah, I was really good at it and I felt safe for me to be there. And like I said, I loved what I did. However, it wasn't authentic. And, and for me to get out of that into something was uncomfortable, um, something very different. It was very uncomfortable. Uh, but I think when you want something bad enough, no matter how uncomfortable it can be, it's worth it. And so what I would say to people is just, it's never too late to make a change in your life in whatever way you want to. And so just, it can be uncomfortable and you need support people, you know, your, your team of people around you to just say like, you know, that you can call up and be like, I really want to do this. And they're like, yes, Chris, you can do it. I promise I'm with you, whatever you need, you know, so you need those people too. So doing it alone gets challenging, but doing it with your, your, the people that love you and support you is makes it worth it and easier. Totally agree with you. Uh, I don't think you can make changes without having that support from people. Um, and, and I think it's funny because what I've experienced in life is, is that people, look to themselves to make the changes and then they rely on themselves 100 percent uh, and completely and i think that that's partially true uh, i think you do have to look within yourself and you have to find that that courage of course and you have to be able to make peace with certain things of course but if you decide that you're going to try to go through this life by yourself those are those walls that you're talking about right we've all experienced those walls oh i don't need anybody I, I can just do this by myself, but my experience has been, I don't think that that's true. <laughs> I don't think it's possible to do it by yourself at all. I mean, even the way, like the way that this, this society is structured with the corporate side of things, uh, you know, being what it is, of course, nobody really likes it, but we always, we all contribute to it. It is the way that the society works. If you are trying to do everything by yourself, then you have to be able to buy your product, sell your product, do all the stuff that you want to do with your product without the help of anybody. And I, I just don't think that that's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not all good at everything too, right? So sometimes it's, I think that our ego speaks a lot sometimes in saying like, I want to be able to say that I did this myself. You know, we even, you see that even in children, my daughter, even now she, she wants to be independent, doing her own things, putting her clothes on herself. And she's three, right? And mama just, I just want to be there helping her, but we get that bit of independence. And then there's some beliefs that about ourselves that get created when we're really young. You know, I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not lovable. And all of those beliefs, our ego, you know, is there really to support to support us, but more so to survive society and um, everything that comes with being in this society today. And so it can really um, hinder, I guess, in coming back to, okay, I don't have to do this alone. And actually, you know, so-and-so has really great strengths that would really help us create something even more magical. And um, that took a while for me to understand. And of course I have beliefs that wanted me to do everything on my own and they still show up for me sometimes, but ultimately collaboration is way more supportive. And I think that when you collaborate, yeah, just the, the product that whatever it is, it just, it's better. It comes out better. There's more love involved, you know, all of that. So it's, it's also really fun. 
I think one of the things I really like about what the way that you're wording and the way that you're talking, and maybe this is, you know, the experience of, of life before health and wellness. Um, you know, I had my experience is before self-development and, and that personal growth had come into my life. So there was a foundation that was there, might not have been a healthy foundation, but there was a different foundation that was involved. You've mentioned ego a bunch of times. Now, in my experience in talking to a lot of people from the health and wellness field, when they say the word ego, there's this disdain that <laughs> seems to accompany the letters from that word. But you're talking about it as it's part of us. It has a purpose. Of course, you don't want to be run by it. But it doesn't sound like you have this hatred towards our ego. Is that safe to say or is that just something I'm reading completely inappropriately? Yeah, that's safe to say for sure. I know what you're talking about. There's this, even we, we use the word, or some people do egotistical sometimes to describe people. Sadly, it's often also described to um, in the past, from my experience, at least in describing men. And I think it's a misused uh, word. And I think it does create this stigma with, with ego and that ego is a bad thing. Um, you know, if you have ego, then you, it's kind of like you're chauvinist or whatever it is. And I don't really want to say like what exactly that is because everyone has a different viewpoint, but yeah, from my experience, I, I experienced it the exact same way you did, Chris, which is that, or through people you've talked to is that it could be negative and not all ego is positive, but ego is there for us to survive. And we're in ego all the time. And I think when we understand that, we can, um, you know, take a breath and relax a little bit going, okay, I'm not, it's not actually bad. I totally agree with that. Uh, I, I think that I spent probably over the past five years, I spent two or three years trying to obliterate my ego. Um, I thought that the way forward and the path forward for me and, and finding true happiness was to just get rid of this thing, this, this nasty thing that everybody talks about and doesn't want to deal with. And what I feel at this point in time, and of course this may change, but what I feel at this point in time is that it's a part of me. And I, I love the way that you worded it. It's a part of you that at times is, is helpful. You know, it, it got you through those corporate years. And then there's times that it's not so helpful and it's destructive. But I think that that can be applied to any component of yourself. I think empathy is a very valuable thing until it turns into apathy. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that if is the more that we get to know ourselves and the way that we function in different areas, the more that we can contribute to society, but that's also going to contribute to our happiness. I have to believe that. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about a couple of different things. You got, you found yoga. Uh, you, you did this program. It, 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 it changed your life. It's safe to say, I, I know that may sound again, like overblowing it, but I mean, it's changed your life, obviously but you haven't stopped at yoga. Um, you've gotten into some other aspects of, of fine tuning yourself and really getting to know yourself. So it doesn't have to be sequential, but one of the ones that we talked about was breath work. Mm -hmm. Now, breath work is something that I have a little bit of understanding about, but you're the professional and that's why I want you here because I want you to explain to me and, and other people um, what breath work is and why they should do it. I mean, it's just breathing, Kelly. <laughs> right. And we always breathe. So we always breathe. Yes. Yeah. Breathwork is, has been my most 
the, I think the thing that I've learned that I've been the most intrigued about. So like I was sharing with you about my walls being up and then they started to come down with yoga. They didn't completely come down. They were still showing up a lot and um, still blocking me from fully being authentic and myself. And for me, myself often was just this really quirky person and people that are close to me would say like, Kelly's so quirky. And then most people wouldn't see that. And they would be like, oh, she is like, she seems serious all the time. She's going around her business, doing her thing, you know, and they weren't getting like the real me because it was covered by all this stuff. So breath work, actually um, a friend of mine uh, in California, um, she invited me down there for a visit. And um, in my visit, we were going to brought this breathwork class. I had no idea really what it was about. I just remember thinking like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't really want to do this. For me, my journey has been about really taking action in my life. And um, a lot of ways it was doing very drastic things. You know, I started doing yoga, but it was like power yoga. It wasn't just yoga. It was like the, one of the hardest modalities of yoga. Let's just go for it. And so I hadn't in the past really been too interested in learning a lot about breathing. We talk about breath in yoga, which is for us in our yoga, it's called Ujjayi breath and it's all through your nose. And that helps you tap into your parasympathetic nervous system, similar to getting a massage or meditating. And so there's a purpose there, this, this type of breath Ujjayi. And I really didn't know what I was going to, I didn't know what I was um, in for, but I did go and it was in San Diego, obviously a beautiful backdrop in this really gorgeous church. And I went in and everybody's kind of just in their lounge gear. Everybody's got pillows, blankets. We lay down and we start doing this breath that is all through your mouth. And um, it's two breaths in through your mouth, one breath out for 28 minutes. And it's challenging. Like I said, I never, it's never a dull moment. I always got to go for the challenging thing, right? <laughs> so I was doing this breath work for 28 minutes, had my friends beside me, my one friend on my right, Barbara, her and I have been through so much. She's the one that brought me to this class. And often these walls were up though with her. Um, you know, it's like sometimes with your closest people, for me, I tend to um, they see all sides of me, you know, it's like you get everything and um, that can be hard on relationships. And for us at that time, we were kind of in that, that point where we were struggling a little bit with our friendship. And so anyway, so we get back to, we're breathing this breath for 28 minutes. And I remember feeling like my hands were cramping up and I was getting all these crazy sensations in my body. To be honest, I was like, I feel like I'm high kind of like this, but I'm just breathing. This is just oxygen. And at the end of the 28 minutes, you release that breath with a scream. And so everybody screams. There's probably about 60 people in the room or more. Everybody's screaming and he's playing a gong too. The, the teacher is playing a gong and the gong is like going really hard at that point. And then it's followed up by a meditation. And the meditation is you stop breathing this breath. You breathe through your nose you go from being tapped into actually fight or flight, your sympathetic nervous system, and you're now getting back gradually into your parasympathetic nervous system. So you're going from something that um, really like dredges up things you may not have memories of that are unconscious that you don't know past life ancestral or this life 
and they're coming up and they're being released in the form of whatever emotion shows up, whether that's anger or tears, whether you're actually reliving, like going back into a trauma, reliving the trauma to release it. And when you get to these memories in that subconscious way versus being really conscious, it releases it, I believe, from your body forever. So I came from the scream into this meditation portion that was really restful, peaceful, um, bawling. I was bawling. And I remember turning to my friend after and grabbing her hands and the walls would have never had me do this. But I remember saying like, this was amazing. I love you so much. Like, thank you for bringing me here. This has changed my life. And it had, it was one session and I get emotional even just talking about it because it was literally just one session of breathing. Like you said, all I did was breathe in a different way. Whatever memories needed to come up that day came out and I felt a little bit healed and a lot lighter and, and definitely more peace by the end of it. So I was blown away. I literally came home and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to bring this to Canada. Like, what can we do? I remember telling my business partner about it and she was like, I don't know, I might faint. Like, this sounds crazy, but it's really interesting the way the universe works out because I ended up going, I ended up getting pregnant after that and having my daughter, Audrey. And it was after that, I finished my certification. I went back to California to that same person to get um, certified. And at the same time, my business partner for yoga was in India um, doing a training in India and it just so happened someone was there teaching the exact same type of breath work. And Amazing. so she had this crazy experience. She came back lit up. And so she was like, oh my gosh, we have to do this. Like, let's, let's figure this out. Um, and then there's another person in my life that I also was just like, you would love this. And, and she ended up going to training. And the three of us, my business partner, Debbie, Courtney, and my self-creative breathwork healing, which is our side business from the yoga studio. It doesn't have anything to do with the yoga studio, but it's just breathwork. And um, breathwork, when you, when you hear about breathwork, similar to yoga, similar to um, martial arts, you, there's many different modalities within that name. So for breathwork, I see articles, for example, written on breathwork. It's about calm breathing that is meditative, that keeps you in your parasympathetic nervous system and calms you down. And that's what, like I said, that's what we do in yoga. This specific type of breath work is to trigger fight or flight. It's very mm -hmm. different. And it, I believe is the fastest, most effective way to deal with trauma in that's happened, like I said, in your life and past lives. And some of us might think like, oh, there's nothing that's ever happened to me. But even if you're just talking about this lifetime, there's trauma that have happened. Trauma is really anything that I, I think we weren't able to cope with. And I'm not a trauma expert, but I think when there's not, you're not able to talk about things or to cope with whatever you've been through in your life, whether it's really small or whether it's really big, that's trauma. And so people need to heal from that. And the reason that I teach it and the reason that I practice breath work is so that I can be a kinder human to myself, to my husband, to my child, um, so that I don't get triggered by all the stuff that's shown up from my past um, that I don't remember about, but literally it's showing up in my days. I think a lot of people can relate to that. 
you know, there, there's always times where there seems to be misdirected emotion to a situation and overreaction uh, that really doesn't match what, what just occurred. And, and that has to be to do with past, whether it's this life, past life, or ancestral. Like you said, whatever your belief is, I strongly believe that you do have to deal with these things at a given time. But as we said earlier, you can't walk through life and sit down for an hour and a half and understand that in the moment. But again, what you're talking about is actually setting aside that as part of your practice. Okay, I'm going to breath work for a half an hour. And that gives you an opportunity to shut off everything and just breathe and see what happens. I have to say personally, I haven't taken your class just yet, but it's definitely something that's intriguing to me because personally, I have sat down for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and I have just breathed. And my experience is that of a high. I've had an opportunity to try different modalities, uh, whether they're uh, popular or not as popular. And the way that the body feels when you're feeding it that oxygen, and not only that, but not holding on so tightly to the thoughts that come into your mind and just allowing them to flow is next level. It is like a high. So I, I agree with what you're saying, because that's been my experience. Mm -hmm. um, what do you say, though, when somebody says, okay, I want to try this breath work, because that sounds amazing. Like, you know, I'm angry, and I don't know why. But I don't, I don't believe that I've had a trauma. Like, how do you convince somebody? Or how do you how do you bridge that gap to, to allow them to feel comfortable enough to actually just, pay, first of all, pay money um, to have somebody breathe with you? What, what's What's the approach? How do you bridge that gap? Hmm. Well, there's a couple things. Number one is that even if you have no memories come up, no emotion, because some, some people won't, because you have to get past your conscious mind into your subconscious mind. And to do that, you have to let go. You, like you said, you have to let things flow. And um, I know for me, oftentimes, especially in the beginning of breath, doing breath work, I was trying to control. I was thinking about the technique. Am I doing this right? Like all ego, right? Your ego at some point shuts off and you go beyond that and below that. And so that's really where all this stuff comes up. And someone may not get there in a session, but number one, to do this type of breath and um, to breathe in that much, much oxygen is just really healing for your body, number one your physical body. A lot of people will feel different pains that come out if they have chronic illness or something like that. And um, I referred the body keeps the score and talking about how our body just knows, like, I think a lot of all of our trauma, really our body is holding it in some form, whether it's someone that's really scrunched up in their upper body and shoulders forward. And that's how they carry themselves, you know, guarding their heart or whatever it is. I think that all that shows up. And so when you start to, yeah, just breathe oxygen into your body on the first level, it's really healing for your body. And then on the second level, yeah, maybe something comes up that you tap into that you forgot about, you know, and I think we all think a lot of us think we don't have trauma for me, for sure. I was like, oh, I don't have trauma. Did you know that living in poverty and not being able to speak about living in poverty and how that shows up in people's lives and I don't mean poverty, like you have to be on the street homeless. I just mean the little things like, um, you know, not being able to, or a parent mentioning like, 
we have to watch what we're eating. We don't have enough for this week or whatever those little things are that really affect you. So people often think of trauma as like, I needed to be raped or in a car accident, all those big things, but it's really, really little things that, that we don't cope with. And like, once you, I think people understand that and are open, as long as someone's open to trying it, then yeah, there's no promise of what will happen. And it could change your life like it did mine. And that's all I share. Yeah, I like that. I think you can only speak from your own personal perspective, right? And I think that the word trauma, this is one of the reasons why I love these conversations, uh, to get a chance to actually, you know, dig in a little bit on beliefs and, and how people are using words, because you can't, in my opinion, describe what you're what you've been so eloquently putting forward in your personal experiences and beliefs in in an article or or a paragraph uh, of words like you have to really dig in on this because we get these buzzwords right and trauma is is one of those words right now that's at the forefront um and and i have to admit that sometimes when i hear the word i do shut down a little bit because i did grow up in that era of trauma is trauma like you said you know you're you're abused and not like you know your parent didn't support you abuse but physically abused you know, as a child, that's trauma, but somebody who doesn't support you and doesn't, you know, help you grow, it's creating a stress response in your body. That's what we're talking about here, right? The muscles, like you're saying, are contracting and, and you're storing that information in you at some point in time that comes up in destructive ways. Like I'm not good enough mm -hmm. to switch careers and open up a yoga studio, right? That has to be linked to your past. And, you know, that that's the trauma that we're talking about here. Uh, which, which I really like the way that you're describing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Chris, can I add to that too? Yes, like trauma please. for me, I believe is um, it's something it's trauma is when you can't cope with something really. That's, that's what I believe. And there's lots of that that happens throughout our lives. And like you said, and beyond that, to create how we show up today. So. Yeah, that's, that's a great way. Of, that's an, an excellent add on. Absolutely. Breath work was one of the things uh, we had talked about uh, meditation. I know that meditation is, is also part of what you believe and what you utilize. Uh, how do you, I believe when we talked and I might be wrong, so you can correct me. Uh, part one is breath work and meditation is part two, um, even though it's kind of meditative. How does meditation set, uh, differ from breath work? Mm -hmm. For me, meditation is simply quieting my mind there's many different ways to meditate. I would say, I think the traditional way we think of meditation is to sit down or sit or lay. Some people lay, um, some people use something on YouTube, that's meditation music or a guided meditation that takes you through. There's, there's meditations that have a purpose. If you're wanting to feel more courage or you want to bring in more love in your life. So there's really great guided meditations like that. So for me, the, the meditation is whether it has an intention or not, is just you getting quiet in your body and your mind, um, letting things kind of dissipate. Especially nowadays, we have the way our society runs is like we just are going, 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 going. And we don't really get a chance to sit with ourselves in nothing. And I believe that uh, a lot of the answers we're looking for, you know, we're always trying to control and find answers by forcing things. But I, I really do think a lot of the answers that we're looking for come from getting quiet. Even you'll, people notice that I see this all the time with meditation is that they come into their seat to meditate and suddenly they're like, oh man, 
this, like doing meditation really hurts my back, you know, doing meditation, my hips bothering me. I really believe that all that is there. It's just suddenly they've got quiet and they're feeling their body maybe for the first time that day, that week, that month. And so these things that have always been there and are now present because we quiet down and, and we get present to what we feel. And so meditation for me can be in the form of with breathwork, for example, you do all this active breath. It's really challenging for 28 minutes. And then you lay down, you're there. Know that the type of breathwork we do is all supported by mainstream music. Um, it's very high energy music in the first half. And then it goes to a softer meditation, well, music to support meditation, really. So you're just laying there and you are empty because you've just put all your attention on breathing. And hopefully if you've been able to let go of control, all of those other thoughts have gone away and you're left with in quiet with yourself. And that's really where the memories and all that come up. And sometimes more will come up in the meditation portion for people, especially if you're one of those type A's that really like to control like myself. I often, when I finally scream and finally let go is when I hear and see the most, I would say. And my partner, Debbie, she describes it for her, like a movie reel of her life or past lives or whatever it is. And things will show up and then they go out and then things will come in. So the answers that she's looking for, or I'm looking for in those moments will come. And um, in yoga, I view the meditation portion of yoga as when you can really tap into breath very similar, tap into breath, get quiet, quiet your mind down in the practice of yoga, the physical practice of yoga, then you can start to feel again, feel your body, get the answers you need. No intuition comes in when we quiet down. Um, so you know what you need to do in those moments. So I think of it all as very similar or the same. It's very smart the way that you've designed it, uh, you and your partners have designed it, that you have something that's active um, and, and stressing the body as well. That breath work can be uh, in, in a positive way, of course, then moving to that relaxed state, because I think what most people do, and I know I've done it, I'm still trying to figure out meditation for myself. I, I've found something that kind of works for me, but the idea of, of sitting down and going, okay, I'm going to meditate. And then you just sit there and you're like, well, I don't know really what I'm supposed to do. Or you're, you're going from your computer to sitting down and going, okay, let's do this. I got 15 minutes and the pressure, <laughs> the pressure that's on yourself at that point in time, there's no way that you're going to get into any kind of meditative state. So the fact that you guys have, have uh, partnered the two, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. We can't even take credit for it, Chris, because we actually, the, what the breathwork guides in in California, it was partnered that way. And the certification we got was partnered that way and it just, it works. So it's like, you know, why, why change the ego might want to change what works. Right. But, but why change what works well? So, so yeah, so it is, uh, it, it, they do work really well together. And to be honest, the meditation part is what you work so hard for in the beginning. That's, that's the beautiful part of the practice of breath work. I like it. Now we've gone from yoga to breath work to meditation. And the, the next one I want to talk about is something that I learned about. I don't know. When did we talk two and a half weeks ago? Uh, tuning. Yeah. Okay. You got to explain this one to me because this is <laughs> brand new to me. So it is, it's called tuning. Is that correct? Take it away. Explain to me why I should even consider this as part of my, as part of my healing. Yeah. Yeah. Tuning is actually new to me as well. 
um, we learned about tuning. I don't even, it might've been a year ago now. So in our studio, Power Yoga Canada Oshawa, and there's some other Power Yoga Canada's that also have one, um, we have what's called a tune bed. Think of tuning like you tune your car, you know, we tune our car and we think of it that way of like bringing everything back to neutral. It's the same idea with your body. So this tune bed uses um, vibrational sound therapy as a way to bring your body back to that neutral state. And we already know um, through what I've learned through yoga that sound can be really healing, that vibration can be really healing. Um, if anyone, like if you've ever done yoga and experienced oming at the start or the end of a practice, or maybe even within the practice or using different sounds within the practice of yoga, sound is known to be really healing for our body. And so Tune is a company out of the US and we've gotten some other beds that we have in our studios and, um, it's vibrational sound therapy. Now, what you do is like you lay down in it. It's really cool looking actually. I, I think I was telling you that it's almost like I think of this as like the way of the future. Like if everybody had a tune bed in their house, you would literally wake up, you'd lay down on tune bed 15 minutes and which is a form of meditation as well. And you would tune and then you would just get get up, you're, you're tapping into, like I was speaking about that parasympathetic nervous system that calms you down a bit. And so it can be really healing just 15 minutes every day, four times a week, whatever you want to do. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a bed, you lay down in it, you put your headphones on and it matches the sounds with the vibration in a really beautiful way. The sound could be guitar, it could be birds, it could be uh, um, sound bowls it could be anything and um, it matches with the vibration in such a beautiful way that heals your body and they're specific to what you want to get out of it so for example if you're experiencing lack of sleep and you want to sleep better there's a, a theme um, on the tune mm -hmm. bed that you can use for sleeping better boost your immunity restore your body if you've been working out really hard and you're sore there's something for that um, just to calm yourself down hmm. really like anything that you want to create is if you want to be more creative, even, um, you can choose that theme and then the sound and the vibration, um, moves in a way that will help you get to that resolution. And then these change every once in a while. So for example, if you love the one that helps you sleep better every four months, that will shift and you'll get a different one that you love the way, um, or it just sounds different. It's different, but it helps you sleep better still. Wow. So, so the vibrations that the bed does create differs depending on the, the mode that you're in? 100%. Yes. Interesting. That's very yeah. fascinating. Mm -hmm. See, because as you're talking about all of these things, the thing that jumps into my mind is that you're taking the time to care for yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. You're taking that opportunity for 15 minutes to when I, I know when I wake up sometimes from sleeping, which is supposed to be the most restful time uh, of your day, because you're, you've, you're rejuvenated, my body is all scrunched up, because I've been sleeping for eight, you know, seven, eight hours, and your body gets contorted in certain ways. It's not necessarily the most, uh, let's say, expansive for your joints and your muscles. And a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is putting yourself in positions that you're working out your body. And, and like I said, taking that time to actually care for your body with an intention in mind. And that I know is a very meditative word um, that a lot of people use. 
But again, if you're using these words as buzzwords, I think sometimes people shut them out, but that's exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about intention. Yeah. I think intention can be a really powerful thing if you want to just create a focus for yourself and want maybe one of the most powerful practices for people, even if you're not into yoga or any of these healing modalities I've been speaking about, creating intention with your family at a breakfast table or dinner table or People have intentions anyways, they may not speak of them that way, but I know a, a lot of friends that do with their families at dinner table, like, how was your day? Tell me three, th- you know, tell me three things that you love, three things that you struggled with, whatever it is. I mean, the intention for there is connection. Yeah. I believe it's connection. And so, yeah, intention can be one of those buzzwords, but it, it is really powerful if, if we just think of it as just creating an intention for whatever we want to do or achieve. I'm a big believer in balance. Um, I think that uh, although you can't walk through life or even have a relationship that is 100% 50-50 and balanced all the time, I think things will be out of balance, but the the trick is to then have that counterbalance. So net, whether you're measuring that if you wanted to on a monthly basis or a you know, three-month basis, uh, that you're feeling like you're getting that balance, work hard, play hard, all the buzz phrases that we've all known but that's, I, I don't, I don't think that you can do anything 100% of the time and feel complete. Um, I think that that's one of the things that COVID has taught me, uh, you know, working from home and being here, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a dream situation because you spend so much time commuting and being outside of your home. And you're like, if I could just be at home hundred percent of the time, that would be amazing. Reality is it's not, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> So I think you got to get that balance in there. Yeah. You're not the first person I've heard that from actually my friends that are still working in corporate. Um, Yeah. That's what they say. They say they're returning now back to the office and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm hating the commute. And um, it was just a month ago where they were like, oh my gosh, I can't like my, my everywhere in my house has become my office. (laughs) So yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. That's really great way to think of it, Chris, is that like, yeah, you need a little bit of everything. And I think that from what I've seen of, of my 10 years with the studio is that often people don't take care of themselves and do those things that they need to do. And for me, it was also like, where am I spending my money? And although some of these things cost money, energy healers, therapists, uh, yoga, working out if you work out or whatever it is that you do, for yourself, it costs money, but it's just where are you putting your money? Where are you investing it? And I think that we're really important and we forget that we are really important. You know, we should be at the, one of the priorities of our, ourselves. It's kind of funny because if you read financial books, I was in the financial field for uh, a short period of time. Uh, it feels like a blink of an eye anyways, uh, because it was so long ago. One of the things that they always tell you, uh, tell people when they're investing is pay yourself first. Um, you know, invest for your future or whatever the case might be. So that way you can actually build upon that. And that's kind of what you're talking about as well, Mm -hmm. right? Pay yourself first, invest a little bit here, a little bit there. If people, because listen, money is is such a massive part of our life and not everybody has, myself included. I can't do everything that I want because money is sometimes a limitation. Um, Where would you suggest that people start their journey if money is is part of the equation? Mm -hmm. I think there's really great ways to 
to start to heal and really like look into how you want to show up in your life, um, who you want to be. I say who you want to be because I remember even thinking myself, you know, if someone had said something like how I was showing up, for example, in school, if I was called a bad name or I, uh, a describing word to use myself that I didn't like, let's say, I always said, oh, it's just my personality. I just, you either like me or you don't like me. And I've heard that a lot, but that's not actually true. You know, as I've shared through this conversation, what happens is we create all these layers from all these beliefs and everything that's happened in our lives and who we really are is when we peel away all of that. And I think that there's really simple ways to do that. Number one is just podcasts like yourself that speak about that or, or reading online. YouTube videos, um, finding meditation online, there's lots of free stuff, moving your body, whether it's like if you connect to nature, nature can be so healing. So maybe it's like going for a walk in the forest or um, by water if that connects you to you more. And just really starting with those things and seeing how that shifts how you feel and letting go of some of the stuff that can be toxic for us. You know, often I, even me, like owning a business 24 seven, I'm pretty much glued to my phone. And I realize that this doesn't feed what I want to create in relationships with my husband and my daughter. So then it's simple things like letting go of that a little bit. And um, sometimes not always seeking out something else, but just looking at what's already there mm-hmm. and what can shift a little. I like that. Uh, again, awareness, it always keeps coming up, you know, uh, just, just being aware of what you're doing, how you're spending your time and how you're feeling. Um, you know, if you're waking up every day and you're miserable, uh, may, maybe it's time to kind of look in on that and, and see if there are some tweaks that you can make to your, to your d- daily life. Now, one of the things that's really changed a lot with COVID is obviously we haven't had the opportunity to get together as groups of people. I have to imagine that that is something that really impacted your business um, and the whole health and wellness field. And I don't say that to get into that aspect of it per se, but I want to know how valuable do you think or how important do you think it is to be able to get together as a group for healing, as opposed to one of the modes that you just mentioned, just jump on YouTube. And I mean, a lot of people say, I can just do this. I can do yoga at home. I can Uh do meditation at home. What would be a value add for being in that group setting? Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, balance, like I think that there are people and things that can be done online. And I myself, like I love, let me tell you, I love my Peloton app. Um, I don't have a Peloton bike, but I do use it for strength training, which I, I really value my strength training to keep my body healthy in balance with my yoga practice. So for me, that app has been, and I, I'm able to motivate myself though. I think it's challenging for some people to motivate themselves. So for me, I can turn on my Peloton app and do a 20 minute, 40 minute workout and feel really motivated and really great in my basement by myself. And I know that then I can also go to my yoga studio and be in connection when I want to be in connection with people and share the experience with people knowing that I'm not alone. Because when we spend a lot of time in our homes, um, in front of technology, a lot of times we feel alone and happiness doesn't come from being alone. And so we need those connections. So 
whatever way you're getting out there and connecting, whether it's a little bit of yoga, your yoga studio, or whether it's taking a walk with your friends, I think that a fine balance of both is really important. And that, and that to your question, Chris, adding connection with being with people, you know, I remember how it felt to not hug people for so long. And, and still now I'm asking people permission, you know, can I hug you? Um, whereas before we would just hug, but there's, there's this, can I hug you? And then we come into hug and it just feels really great. In fact, I, I recently saw a close friend of mine. She came to my yoga class and I hugged her and I ended up started crying because I just, I missed her and like feeling that connection. So that's the number one thing I think with in-person that you would get out of going somewhere versus doing something out of your home. That's absolutely perfect because when I take a look, it concerns me sometimes when somebody says to me, I don't need to be around people. And, and, I, and I think that it's true for some people, but what I think is the most truth, and that's what I'm gathering from what you just said, is you've got to find how you want to be with people. Because it, it's okay, you don't have to be in a group of individuals. But I think that even if you're with people doing the same things that you like to do, watching movies together, um, or, you know, actively having a conversation together. But I, I think that COVID has definitely proven to the majority of people that we can't do this alone, which is exactly the way we had started at the beginning of this conversation. I don't think we can do this alone. Um, so balance and that that's, that's awesome. I love that. That's what I got from what you just said there. I was just kind of rejigging the words to make it make sense in my own brain. Um, those are all the things that I wanted to talk to you about. Like that was amazing because you've opened up my mind to what is out there, how you guys are doing it. Some of the things that I get concerned about when I talk to health and wellness individuals, uh, especially if they own a studio is in the back of my mind, I always have as like, oh, they're trying to sell me something. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're going to make money off of this. But I honestly have to say that the way that you present uh, health and wellness, your experience and your thoughts is that you're not just out the out there for money. You're actually out there because this is something you truly believe in and you think can be a value add to people. Um, but the way that you approach it is not one of um, drinking the Kool-Aid, if I may mm -hmm. use that term. You're not this individual who's like, yeah, all you have to do is breathe every single day, just breathe. You're talking about options and opportunities, but you also have that experience of before health and wellness came along. So I love the way that you present all of that stuff is very cool. Very good representation of your field, <laughs> if I might boast more. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but we are at uh, we're at the final moments here, and and I want you to have the last word. Uh, what is it that you feel that people should should know? Uh, what what do you want them to leave this podcast uh, with uh, in their minds? You have the final word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like really for me, it's been about just sharing. And so, like sharing what I've learned and sharing these modalities with as many people as I can, I just would just say like for people to continue to share, share themselves, share what they're thinking, um, share what they're feeling, to share and connect with people in whatever way you can, and that you are never, it's never too late. It's never too late to start showing up the way you want to and um, to start living the life that you want to and, and being with the people that you want to. And, and when you do that, sometimes things will fall away. You know, when you create an intention of really showing up a different way or, or being with people in um, that 
make you feel great, that don't bring you down, then things fall away and people fall away. And then you support yourself with the people that really feed and believe in you. So yeah, the more that I can share this, so thank you for having me on because the more that I can share this type of work and just that healing is really important for each and every one of us, ultimately, especially now more than ever. Yeah. The more I can share that, the more my heart is like fulfilled. So thank you so much for today and for having me on. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I could say uh, I could say a five or six other different ways, but honestly, thank you uh, for spending the time. I know that you're a busy person, uh, but I think that your message is unbelievably important and valuable. So uh, the fact that you took this time to sit down today is is unbelievably appreciated. So thank you very much. Uh, and I'm going to include all the links to Power Yoga Oshawa and for yourself as well. So people can reach out and they can find different ways to maybe start improving their life and maybe have that breakthrough moment like you uh, you did uh, so many so many years ago, but also sounds like still continuing to this day to have those breakthroughs. Uh, and that way people can get get into this and get into themselves a little bit more. So Great. thank you very much again, Kelly, for having uh, for having the time to sit down and, and chat with us. You're welcome. Bye.